right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce, as always, joined by the notorious P.I.Z., Mr. Aaron Pizza Mind Malone. Uh, we're having a lot of fun here, uh, just catching up with a, with a friend, a new friend, actually, uh, Tiffany Fong, uh, who is just an absolute queen, um, an angel of a, of a girl. We were able to meet her in consensus in person. Um, and she is a crypto bag holder and creditor, <laughs> um, uh, just like us. So no, <laughs> Tiffany, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. What a nice entry. So kind. <laughs> Aaron, uh, how are you doing, man? Life's good by you? Life's great over here. Uh, just hanging out in North Texas. It was great to all, all of us to be together in Austin uh, just last week. It was a great time we met Tiffany, a real life girl in the crypto space. Yeah. Uh, not just uh, a catfish on Twitter, but the real, <laughs> the real thing. So rare. Yeah. No, we, we yeah. Uh, I mean, I first heard of you, Tiffany, um, when you kind of like, kind of burst onto the scene um, loudly with some, some leaked messages between you and Sam Bankman Fried. And then I was like, whoa, like, what's going on? What's like, who is this woman? How did you get this conversation? Is she just. A reporter, and so I always thought you were a reporter. And then I started to realize, as I learned more about you, um, that you're you're not like a journalist, or you know, you're more of an influencer. So I want to actually, you know, bring you on the show and hear from you, uh, you know, what you've been up to in the crypto space, how you found yourself in the position you're in, and you know, a little bit about the Tiffany Fong story. I mean, I think a lot of people think I'm a federal agent. Just <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. A lot. I, I get that probably the most. Uh, so, I mean, because it was very quick. Like the, I don't know, everything did happen very quickly. Like I only started posting on Twitter and only started my YouTube channel after Celsius's collapse. So that was like in June, July, July last year. So I mean, I haven't been even really using Twitter or YouTube that long. So it was a quick. I guess rise. It's not like I have like a massive, massive following, but it, it things grew very quickly. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's why people come up with a bunch of like weird theories about the fact that I'm like a federal agent or whatever. Yeah, and, um, and I, I would say the picture of you and Joe Biden didn't help that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what it is. See, to me, I think nothing of that because <laughs> I wasn't invited by Biden, and it wasn't like some cool invite. Like someone who watches me on YouTube just slid into my emails and was like, hey, invite to the White House. And I was like, this is a scam. This has got to be fake. But it turned out to be someone who I think works in the Secret Service and they wanted me to be their plus one. So like that, I always wow. forget that that even happened. Like I wasn't like some cool invite to the White House or anything like Joe Biden. That's a pretty sure. cool invite to the White House, a plus one for the Secret Service. It was cool. I'm actually, was cool. I, I was able to go uh, on a tour of the White House as well. Um, it was pretty cool. My buddy was like an intern. And he, you know, it was like open house or whatever, and I got a little tour. It was pretty cool. That's um, cool. And that's badass. Yeah, that's yeah badass. <laughs> yeah. But, so, so you, you, you're a creditor at Celsius as well. Yeah. Like, I know you, I, you posted a picture. You got like a hundred thousand dollars lost in yeah. there, and so I think. I mean, like, like those are like the, those are the current prices back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot more. more. So it feels like more. Like when I put that money in, it was it was over two hundred k. I think at the peak, it was like over a quarter mil. But when I like when I did put the money in, it was during the bull market. <laughs> so it feels like I lost a lot more. Right now it's like I think it's sitting at like 119K or something like that. Um, yeah. so I mean still a substantial amount. So I was just Is that off. what would you say that's kind of what's driving you to be a provocateur in the space? Like calling out Alex Mashinsky, calling out Sam Bankman Free, doing all that is is that like the the objective? 
I mean, yes. I mean, I started posting just because I was pissed about losing the money. I didn't really start off with the objective of like needing to take down big companies or anything like that. I was just posting because I was pissed off that I lost a bunch of my savings. Um, and it snowballed into me just posting continual updates on the bankruptcy because I was looking them up personally because I had lost money. Uh, and then employees inside the company started leaking me a bunch of information. So it turned into more and I've enjoyed it. And I, and I've had some personal spats with like mostly Chrissy Mashinsky. Alex has just mostly apparently asked about me a few times to employees and blocked me. He hasn't like really personally come after me, but Chrissy Mashinsky personally comes after me. So it's turned into more of like a personal vendetta at this point. Um, I don't know if you saw that like Celsius recently spent uh, $72,000 attempting to allegedly litigate me, which didn't amount to anything. I didn't, I didn't receive any uh, cease and desist or I, I didn't get served or anything. But it's now become sort of a personal vendetta with me and me and Celsius, and since they took a lot of my money. Um, and then I, I got those interviews with Sam Bakeman-Fried um, pretty early early on into me posting. Like, I only started posting in July, and I first started uh, – I, I first communicated with Sam in September, and then I got the interviews in November. So that escalated quickly. What's your impression of Sam Bakeman-Fried? Is he this evil mastermind behind everything, or do you think – he was maybe uh, played by some evil masterminds that were just in his ear telling him, you know, everything's going to be fine. Just do this. You don't have anything to worry about. Or, or I'll also propose maybe it. a third option, because I think this is kind of what Sam himself is espousing, where he's just like, this shit kind of got too big too fast. Um, I got caught up in the hype. There was a lot of money being passed around. We were the most cutting edge. Like, and it was just, you know, I think, you know, negligent in a sense because he said he should have been running his risk models a hell of a lot more. Like, right. do, do you buy that? You know, kind of, you know, I what's mean, your take? You, since I don't you're pretty think I fully buy into any of those. Like, I don't think he's like completely innocent and really had zero clue what was happening. Like, I don't, I don't buy that. I'm always reluctant with what I say about it because I don't want people to think I'm like just naive and completely buy into it, but I don't see him as like an evil mastermind villain. Like, I don't think that he planned and just started FTX just to steal a bunch of customers money. And that was the plan from the start. Like, I don't think that that completely evil narrative is accurate. Uh, I do think that he, he, I do think he actually does believe in the effective altruism thing, despite the fact that that box article came out. Like I've spoken to Sam about, that stuff a lot. And he's shown me like some of his writings from like 2012 and 2011, where he was talking, like he was writing about wanting to donate money and how to best decide what char charities to donate to. Like, I do think that he did believe in that stuff. Um, but I also, yeah, I, I also fault, don't believe that he would, maybe, yeah. Like to the point where I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was sort of, if he's sort of a ends justify the means sort of person, like that wouldn't really shock me. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like he was likely more aware of potential risk to customer assets than he's stated in some interviews where he's sort of just said like, oh, I had no idea what was happening until like November, I don't know, like during the collapse, basically. Um, so I think he was more aware than he's let on in like maybe the New York Times interview or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see him as like an evil mastermind. It's like somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Uh, so it's not like a clear cut answer. There yeah. are a lot of conspiracy theories about people like pulling the strings in the background. Um, I mean, I've talked to Sam a lot and I, nothing like that has ever surfaced in our conversations. Uh, and I think that at this point, now that he's facing so many charges, he'd likely be 
kind of open to point fingers at this point. I mean, he'd be smart of him to point fingers if there was someone above him really pulling the strings. And he's never, you know, talked about something like that, really. So I don't know if I fully buy into that narrative. I feel like there's a lot of conspiracy theories about that. But um, yeah, somewhere somewhere in between. It's hard. It's hard because if I don't just completely disparage him and say that he's evil, I will get a lot of shit. But um, yeah, I think his intentions were. We want to know the real truth, and you're the closest person to him. You know, we, we want the real answer, and likely, you know, like it's a complicated story. So I think we, so. We appreciate your take on it. Yeah, and you know, I think you know one of the reasons we wanted you to come on here is because of your honesty. Uh, that's one of the things that, you know, we see on your Twitter, you're very open and honest about who you are and who you're not. Thank you. Um, and while the Twitter space is trying to make you out to be this amazing wonder woman, who's a new crime fighter for crypto, you know, you're very honest. It's like, Hey, like I just kind of walked into these opportunities and I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not some amazing expert where you should follow my every word. And yes. I'm just trying to figure it out just like everyone else. I got screwed it's over true. like, like everyone else. A lot else. of this did flop onto my lap. I wasn't like a, yeah, I wasn't like some, some big journalist before this. So like, you know, the fact that I'm talking to like, I don't know, I'm in the middle of the SBF FTX collapse. Um, it, it is like a huge story and I am pretty new to all of this. So it's sometimes feels a little bit out of my depth, but I will say that like on a personal level, I feel like I personally dislike the Mashinsky's more than I dislike Sam. Like, I feel like obviously I'm a little biased there because I lost money to Celsius and I did not lose any money to FTX, but also just on a personal level. I mean, Chrissy and Alex have just been so brazen after the collapse. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw recently, they're just, you know, gallivanting around NFT NYC as if nothing happened. Uh, Chrissy made unbankrupt yourself shirts, like as if she's just rubbing it in the face of creditors whose life they've ruined. Like, I will say that like, Although Sam ended up, you know, ruining more lives and the money lost is obviously a lot greater than what happened with Celsius. I am like, he did at least apologize and has kind of shrunken back into a hole and isn't like, I don't know. I don't want to like defend him or anything, but on a personal level, I just find the Mashinskis to be more evil and sinister. And also I lost money to Celsius and I didn't lose money to FTX, so. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's like if I buy a coin and that one goes down, I'm like, that coin sucks, you know, like, you know, <laughs> so I get it. You know, we have we have our biases. And as long as you're open and admitting your biases, you know, yes. they were both, you know, really bad situations and both probably had, you know, some level of compromised morality and probably did some things yeah. that they regret. I'm, I'm sure of Definitely. it. I mean, I think that they probably have to live with it every day. It. Yes, yes. Agreed, what'd agreed. you say i didn't catch that you don't think the word oh, what? i don't i don't endorse or uh, support any of them <laughs> no, yeah 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 you're I no i feel you and and obviously like you know it's it's a crazy like ongoing situation and you know as as the depositions happen and the trial happens like we're just going to get so much more insight and so you know, I guess we could, you know, kind of move on because you're you're far more than just you know, the conversations you've had in the public sphere with, you know, Alex and um, uh, SBF. Um, you know, you you have a, a really big brand. Um, you know, people follow you. They look to you for the latest. and You've got a lot of credibility. And, you know, I guess like my question um, is like, you know, what do you think um, of the crypto space right now where we're at? Right. Like we're kind of in the middle of a bear market, maybe a transition to a bull market. But like, what do you see? What's your, what's your read on the crypto market? And you don't need to think like in terms of prices, but what's the sentiment? 
how are people kind of you know thinking about crypto today and you know are the are the institutions really here are we just you know all just sucking our own farts basically like you know what's what's actually going on I mean, I feel like right now I'm kind of in shock at like just all the meme coins that are pumping right now. I'm like, it to me is just like illogical. I don't personally buy any meme coins. I'm not totally. a trader. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not something I personally yeah. really play around yeah. with. Maybe I should though. You know, like I'm like, I've never like gotten some like fat bag, like on a meme coin. Like I've never really fucked around with those. Uh, but <laughs> there's a lot of that right now. <laughs> like a lot of hype and craze at the moment. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I think sometimes like that could actually be that could sometimes be, maybe even be indicative of a market that is a little bit, you know, far gone. Right. Like when that kind of when you start to see the shittiest of the shit start to actually move hard, you know, there, there's a case to be made like, all right, like Bitcoin's pumped, Ethereum's pumped, everything's pumped. And like now this is the last blow off top. And like that could actually mark potentially a move uh, downwards. And we also saw the Ethereum Foundation selling 15,000 uh, Ethereum this weekend, which you know was about $30 million in, in US dollar. Like, so it, there could be a case that um, you know, Pepe coin marked the top. What do you think, Aaron? I think that's a great take on it. Um, and I completely agree. All my positions are currently short right now and doing quite well. <laughs> uh, but there's the old saying, you know, from the stock industry, you know, sell in May, go away. Right. And then go enjoy your summer. There's going to be super low liquidity. There's not a lot of, and that tells us market makers are out of the picture right now. So this is an accumulation phase time, probably throughout the entire summer. Um, so, and that's okay. There's no bad markets. There's just a time to buy and there's a time to sell. And the key to being successful is knowing which is which. And it's certainly not the time to be buying a bunch of crazy coins that were just minted last week by anonymous developers. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's that's going to be a tough buy. But I, I'm always in the camp, like, you know, if people ask, like, oh, should I be buying, you know, Bitcoin now? Doge? And I tell people kind of like dollar cost, dollar cost average your way in, yeah. like, First, get yourself convinced that this is going to be a big piece of the future. Um, you know, first, you know, get yourself bought into Ethereum and like or, or Bitcoin or you know, crypto at the base level, and then start like getting more you know fancy with the different coins and stuff, and just start yeah. slow. Um, yeah, and people are always looking for something to get rich quick, and I think you can still get rich a lot quicker than anywhere else here in crypto. But over the slow summer is a great time to do some research into finding what's going to be pumping hardest in the next year or two from a fundamental standpoint. And one of the things that I use to figure out where the puck is going is this amazing Twitter account called Proof of GitHub. And basically it tracks developer activity across just about any chain that's posted to GitHub. And you can see where the building is actually occurring on a daily basis as well as a weekly basis. And that's kind of where I see, you know, skating to where the puck is going a little bit ahead of it may pay off really well in the long term. But that long term, you know, if it was in stocks or real estate, it's going to take decades. In crypto, it's a matter of months to a few years. That's still relatively really, really quick. Yeah. And, and do you, I mean, Tiffany, do you kind of see something similar unfolding like I see where these banks are failing and every, and like, which like Sam and like Celsius and all this kind of stuff, that was like the first dominoes to fall. And now the banks are, you know, you know, they had loans extended that they were, were realizing their bad loans. And, you know, there's a big, you know, kind of explosion right now in the traditional banking world. Um, but I think that's actually bullish for crypto. Um, do you kind of see that? And what are your thoughts around that? I mean, I would think it's bullish for, for crypto, Bitcoin. I mean, I like, I don't know. I don't really talk about specific projects, but I would think that theoretically it should be bullish for crypto. Although I, I, we're not really like we're certainly not seeing a one million dollar Bitcoin anytime. Yeah, soon. not quite like, yet. I don't know. I think what Bitcoin's at like twenty seven today. I mean, yeah. there, were, there was a there were those issues with uh, ordinals and everything recently. I, I haven't looked into that too closely. I've just like hopped into a couple of Twitter spaces, but yeah, no, there, there's definitely been some like congestion some, some on the, on the Bitcoin. Bitcoin network, um, Binance halting their withdrawals. And I think that's really what flooded the market the market sold off because people were like, ah, yeah. Binance is the next to go. And, you know, I don't know. Do, what do you think? Do you think Binance is uh, a weak link? I don't, personally like know too much like inside information on Binance. I have even asked Sam though, and I've been like, do you think Binance is insolvent? And even Sam has been like, I'd be really surprised if they were insolvent. And mm. he probably has the most incentive to like want to fund Binance. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, based on that alone, I'm like, I, I, I don't like assume that they're about to collapse, but obviously a lot of people on Twitter have uh, stronger theories on that than I do. I'm kind mm. of like, I generally try not to have like really strong stances on things if I don't actually know. Yeah, that's generally how I feel about most of crypto. Like, I'm here for a good time. Uh, if someone wants to give me some more scoops, happy to happy to follow through. Happy to talk to more criminals, <laughs> or alleged criminals. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I try. I do try to stay away from like. I don't. I don't talk about specific coins. I mean, especially in this like meme coin like craze right now. I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, like people wanting to pay me to talk about their like meme coin projects and shit like that. And I'm like. I stay out of that shit. Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't play with that stuff. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't talk about really specific projects, but I mean, I do think that the banks failing should be bullish for crypto. But is that really going to make us see like a pump to like insane? I don't know. Yeah, and I guess I just like the banking crisis thing. I guess it just kind of galvanizes in the mind of America that like these systems are built on debt and they can fail. And, you know, if it could happen here in America, then it could happen in any other developing world or any other country. Right. Because we had the most sound and safe banking system. And like and then people realize, oh, wait, Bitcoin was invented in the heart of the, the darkness of the last financial crisis for this very reason. It's a fully transparent, um, you know, math based system where you don't have any counterparty risk. Like you don't have um, that sort of, um, you know, debt based issuance. It's um, it's all, you know, it's all asset backed. And I think that when people look at that and it's like it's kind of its own its own world um, and people say, OK, well, that's probably a good hedge against some of this uh, craziness that's going on. And so I think from that standpoint, like it's being priced in slowly as people are waking up to that. Like I know like my dad and like his, you know, boomer friends like, you know, who, who hated on Bitcoin for for many years um, slowly o- over time, they start to come around and there's definitely a lot of people in the traditional system who are like pissed about all this stuff going on with these regional banks and how, oh, didn't we fix this in 2008? How could it ever happen again? And here we are. It's like the same thing, like irresponsible loans, bad risk taking, no transparency. And so it's like, we're here, like crypto's here, like we've got a, we got a system that's working um, and, you know, kind of <laughs> like, you know, with, with some band-aids on it sometimes with uh, scalability issues and stuff like that. But, you know, we're here and we're open for business. And so I think that slowly but surely it's going to be um, it's going to be a, it's going to be, you know, more, more, you know, more diversification for people's uh, people, people's finances and stuff in, in Bitcoin and crypto. But I, I, I want to also get your your thoughts just like on on media coverage in crypto. Um, how do you kind of think about the media's portrayal of crypto? Do you think that they gave give us a fair shake? Um, or do you think that there's like, you know, some, some kind of more deeper level conspiracy going on that, you know, operation choke point 2.0 and, you know, everybody wants to see crypto die and all that stuff. I feel like like the collapses of like Celsius and then FTX, like the, like previously most trusted exchange probably gave everyone incentive to just be able to now shoot on crypto and say that it's all a scam. Yeah. We, we basically gave them plenty of ammo to shoot us with. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> like not great, but um, I don't know. I honestly don't follow. I don't. I don't like read a lot of the coverage. Honestly, I feel like I, I use Twitter more than I like am reading traditional media coverage. And then obviously, like try to like check and verify what's true and what's false because Twitter is obviously not all completely accurate. But I feel like I generally just check Twitter more than I do check like I don't know more traditional outlets anyway. So. I don't know. I don't have like a, an extreme take on it. What do you think? Um, I think the media is, you know, is kind of a, a wing of the whole government, really. You know, that's pretty well known in a lot of circles. There's uh, all kinds of, you know, memes and gifs and videos going around of like dozens of media anchors saying the exact same thing verbatim about how they're not biased and, you know, they have all kinds of fair and honest coverage and, it's just reading off the exact same script. So uh, all of our news comes from a very, very centralized source and whatever their agenda is, then gets blasted out. So media is not a source of truth. It's distribution of information. And I think we just have to remember that's what media is. It's distribution. It's not a source. 
the real source is what's happening, you know, within our culture here. And when we ask developers, you know, what we, do we need to improve on in the crypto community? They're usually talking about user experience. But from a non-developer point of view, I want to ask your opinion. You know, what can we improve on culture-wise? You know, do we need to have better education? Are you know are we welcoming and inclusive enough for women to enter the space and be comfortable? Like, where do you sit on what we can, you know, really just improve on as a community? I mean, definitely better education. I mean, no one's learning about any of this stuff in school naturally. So I feel like yeah. you need to like take the initiative to like go out and seek the information. Although it is generally available. I mean, there's tons of videos and blogs and like there's enough, I mean, there are resources available if someone's interested in learning about crypto. So, I mean, I don't think there's necessarily a barrier to women uh, entering the space. I guess maybe generally women tend to skew, I don't know, less in the financial world. I don't know if that's a sexist thing. To say. I don't know. Maybe there's, I, I don't know, but like as a girl, I don't feel that like there have been any barriers to like learning about crypto. If I want to, you just have to seek out the information yourself and go online and, and yeah. I don't know, try to, no, try I, to I learn think, about it yourself. Yeah. I, I think you've done a really good job of like, kind of like you're describing, just putting yourself out there and taking life by the reins and just saying like, Hey, I'm interested in this. I'm going to go, I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to go to that conference. And like, you know, I watch you um, interact on social media and, you know, you've built quite a, you know, awesome following. And it seems like you've got real connections with these people. And these are like real relationships. It's not just like two profile pictures. And so I'm curious, like, how'd you, how'd you kind of build your virtual slash real like network in crypto? Were you just hustling, going to conferences every week? Were you doing Twitter spaces every day? What, what was your strategy to kind of get to where you are? I mean, I honestly had no strategy whatsoever going into this. Like, I didn't, I didn't think anyone was going to care what I was going to say at all. I was mostly just annoyed. And personally, in my real life, I don't have a lot of friends in the crypto space. And when I, when Celsius went down, none of my girlfriends knew what the hell that was. No one cared like that. I lost three bitcoins at eleven ETH. They're like, what is? They don't care. Um, yeah. So I just wanted somewhere to vent. And um, so I started posting about it. And I mean, it got more traction and more eyes than I ever thought it would. And I would also say that I don't think that being a girl has hurt me there. There are very few girls in the space. So I like, obviously there's some men who want to just like follow a girl talking about this stuff. I I, I don't know. So, um, I wouldn't say that like being a female has hurt me in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have any strategy really. I actually like my first conference I attended was ETH Denver. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've only been to a couple conferences like ETH Denver consensus, uh, hopped over to like NFT NYC for a bit. So I haven't been to that many conferences either. So I wouldn't even say that that's how I've met the most people. Um, but I've been surprised by some of the, like the cool, like important people that have followed me on like Twitter, uh, like dur- during all of this. So yeah. I guess just with my random posts and like, honestly, just a lot of shit posting. And then obviously like when I ended up getting those scoops about Celsius and Sam, I guess that brought some eyes to my page as well. Um, but a lot of, yeah, there was not, uh, there was really no strategy here. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you want to do in this space? I mean, you've got blue skies ahead of you. Uh, you're one of the few people that has a trusted brand built, uh, which is really, really rare in this space. I mean, you could, you could do whatever you want with it, whether it's marketing or media or just simply doing your own thing and continuing to do research pieces, try and clean up more scams and bad actors out of this space. Or whatever, you know, what are some of the things you want to do? 
I've honestly like not been strategic at all. I got like these random Celsius leaks and then that led to Sam Bankman Freed following me. And then I ended up with the Sam stuff. I mean, I'm not actively like trying to seek out being some like insane investigative journalist or anything like Life that. If anyone would like to reach out to me somewhere. and like, you know, this is one of these things that kind of seems like fate where it's sort of just dropping these little breadcrumbs leading you into what will most likely be something a lot greater than you ever imagined. But can you see any more breadcrumbs being dropped in front of you that you can share with us and where this might lead into a career or maybe even a mission? I mean, I found it all enjoyable and fun. Like I'm having fun with it. Also, I mean, I feel like that's probably why some people like my posts because I'm like, there are some like serious stories that have plopped into my lap and I've like shit posted about a lot of them and like I'm just enjoying myself. Um, if it ever stops being fun, then I don't like care to do it. I'm not in it for like money specific. Uh, although obviously like if there is a, like I'm like, if like Ledger or someone, you know, trusted wants to sponsor me, I'm down. I'm not going to do any like shit coin sponsors or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean like it'd be cool if I made some money on it. I'm mostly just going to carry on with it as long as I'm enjoying it and having fun. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I'm really not taking it too seriously. I'm not being that strategic about it, but that's what's like led me to where I am. And I think that's why some people like me, like some people are like, you seem like you're just like being yourself and being authentic. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, I'm not like trying to cultivate a specific brand or anything. Pretty much just say anything. That yeah, there's, there's, you, you're very authentic and you never come across as if there's ulterior motives, right? It's just like, what you see is what you get. And yeah, I think people really are naturally drawn to that. I think that's true. And it's just like, I feel like I, I could be maybe smarter about it. And like, I don't know, some people give me tips on growing your social media and like what things you should do and best practices. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm just like, I'd rather just do anything that feels natural and authentic and whatever, like go. anything I would do naturally or say naturally. Um, but I think that's what's helped me grow, like not being ultra strategic. So do I have like a game plan or anything? Not particularly, but just, I'm just fun. Loving meeting all these new people. That's why I've been loving the conferences. I do just like meeting people and like, um, that's, that's honestly been my favorite thing that's come out of this. I just like making good new friends and like some of the people I talk to on a daily basis are people I've met throughout all these collapses and just meeting people through Twitter and stuff. So, um, I guess if I have an end game, like my favorite thing about this has been like the cool people I've met and become friends with. But uh, yeah, career wise, I'm not sure where it goes. I mean, it is tough to beat the FTX collapse. Like, I don't know if there's a bigger, <laughs> I was going to say bigger scam, bigger. Peak early. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, unless someone at like First Republic Bank, if any bankers want to start chatting with me, <laughs> I mean, we can top it. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I haven't like actively been seeking anyone out or anything out, but I'm um, happy to chat with people. I like talking. Let's, so. let's talk to you about some of the good people in this space that you've met. Give us some shout outs to people that have impacted you in a positive way since you joined. I feel like I have like a couple of like best, best friends that I talk to on a daily basis. Um, my friend Aaron Bennett is someone who like uh, closely follows the Celsius uh, collapse and he posts videos on that. So him and I have been in touch from like the very start of me posting He's like one of my best friends. I talk to him on the phone like probably every single day. Um, and I'd say Billy Marcus um, is like my, like I talk to him nonstop all day long. I love Billy. Uh, Billy's- uh, Is that one of the inventors of Dogecoin? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, okay. um, I, yeah. He's Very like cool. Billy M2K on Twitter. He also like has a subs. I'm like plugging. I'm plugging my friends' things. Like <laughs> yeah, drop drop chat. the handles in the chat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't want to be sponsored by anyone. I'm not being paid for this. I just love Billy. He's an angel. Uh, yeah, he has a Substack and uh, he's fucking awesome. We just did a Twitter space the other day. Maybe we'll do another one to- together soon. Just for fun. Like there's no sponsor or anything like that. We just did a silly Twitter space where we were giving shitty advice to people and random people came on our Twitter space and like asked <laughs> That sounds about. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Billy's awesome. He's hilarious. Um, so those are like, I think my two best, best friends. I've also met like some other like, I guess, YouTube people in the space. Like I like the Altcoin Daily Brothers good friends with them and uh uh like i've i've met bitboy who's a controversial figure um but we used to have some twitter beefs and now we're we're like on okay terms i don't talk to him that frequently but um i I, i've just enjoyed meeting people in the space um but i'd say billy and uh aaron are my besties (laughs) from the space but i talk to them like daily and it's awesome to like have people that are like such an important part of your life now because of all this yeah You know, we spend so much time talking about the dangers of crypto and things, but it's also really important to highlight where the good things are at so people can follow them and make more friendships of really high caliber. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And and kind of along those same lines, um, you know, like, I guess, what apps or exchanges do you trust? Like, you know, I've always been like a fan of Coinbase. I think Kraken generally does things right. and, you know, you, you know, when you talk to a lot of people, you could feel comfortable kind of saying those sort of things. Um, yeah. Do you have any sort of apps or um, companies that you would vouch for, I guess? I've always been like a longtime Coinbase user. Uh, yeah. Out of the Try centralized exchanges, I would say that I probably like would assume that they're like the safest bet. I'm not sponsored by Coinbase. I would take a Coinbase sponsorship. Like, <laughs> we would too, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I like I trust Coinbase. That's the exchange that I use. Other than that, like I try to keep most of my crypto in like cold storage, ledger. Um, but I mean, I, I think I have like a couple hundred bucks sitting on like Binance and Kraken and I don't think that they're in impending doom. I wouldn't actively tell people to go leave a bunch of their crypto on like any centralized exchange at this point. But uh, Coinbase yeah. would probably be my number one. Do you, you agree? Yeah, Coinbase. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Um, yeah, and it it is kind of like you know troubling to see Brian taking such a bearish posture on America, but you know he doesn't have any uh, his hands are tied. He doesn't have anything else he can do. Um, yeah. I see him. You know he's in Dubai. He's going to London, and he's uh, Bermuda. Like I think you know he's you know publicly flirting with a lot of these other jurisdictions to put the freaking pressure on our regulators to say, yeah. get your act together. And we're the, you know, we're the, you know, a, a great company. We got all this X, Y, and Z SEC approved us. And now they're suing us. Can't you see like, they're very clearly, they're going to stick their foot in their mouth publicly. Like we got this and you guys are dropping the ball. If you're not going to like, give us the clear playbook. Um, and it's great for American innovation. It's great for equity holders. Um, yeah. So we'll see, but um, I'm really hoping Coinbase can figure it out and regulators can figure it out to give Americans. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I will say that uh, well, even, Tiff, even this Sam was, this was hates Gary Gensler as well. <laughs> Sam Wait, what was that? I will say even Sam like really hates Gary Gensler too. He went on like a rant about like oh how God. much Gary Gensler sucks. 
a couple of visits yeah, ago. No, he, he's been making things pretty tough um, on, on the industry. That's for damn sure. But hopefully yeah. there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I hope so. so. I hope yeah, so. So we can, so we can uh, descend to the next world. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I hope so. I need <laughs> yeah. it. I need a bull run. <laughs> we need a bull run. And uh, I'm going to be here. You're going to be here. And we hope we could have you back on or we'll do a Twitter spaces or do something because um, this is a ton of fun. And it was great to get to know you uh, as more fun. than just uh, the person on the screen, but d- to get a little bit of your personality. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is fun. Yes. Yeah, do this was great. Well, everybody who's watching at home, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys go follow Tiffany. Um, what's your Twitter? Uh, let's um, tag Tiffany it. Fong with one underscore. Uh, there's a lot of fake uh, Tiffany Fong accounts, so it's Tiffany Fong with one underscore, and I'm paying for the blue check mark so that people don't get confused. <laughs> it's annoying, but I'm like, yeah. I, there are a lot of fake accounts. So yeah, that, and then I have a YouTube channel that's just Tiffany Fong. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, um, hope you enjoyed, and we'll catch you guys same time, same place next week with some more amazing guests. Take care, Tiff. Bye. <laughs>